0: Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it looks like Malik Willis will start against the Houston Texans on Saturday. What did we learn from his brief stint against the Chargers? I'm going to dive into all the tape and see how Malik Willis has improved since the last time we saw him start a game for the Titans. Then we're going to continue diving into the film For this week's All 22 review, I'm going to tell you about all the mistakes that were made on offense, and there were a lot to go around. And then on defense, how the Titans use coverage roles to confuse Justin Herbert. So, all of that and more on today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Titans fans, it is time for our Rewatch Wednesday episode. I'm going to be diving into the tape. To tell you how Malik Willis looked against the Chargers, what we should expect from him against the Texans on Saturday. We're also going to talk about the offense and the defense, but we will start with Malik Willis. Before we get into it, do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the Ultimate Football GM game, visit Ultimate Dash. GM.com or just look up Ultimate Football GM on the App Store. Our listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps in the game. Thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day free. Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content on all platforms, including the Locked on Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe there, smash the notification bell, and throw a thumbs up on the video. Right now, goes a long way to help support the channel. It is free content, so I do appreciate just the free thumbs up in return. But diving into Malik Willis, the things that stood out to me. He was more patient. He was more accurate. He was more decisive. And he was able to run with some success. Malik hasn't been the scrambler or the runner that you hoped he would be immediately this year when he has had the opportunity to play. Been a little, I don't want to say disappointed, but surprised at his lack of ability to to make plays with his legs so far this season. So to see him make a smart play with his legs, that was definitely encouraging. And I wasn't the only one who said these things. Mike Vrabel said that Malik Willis looked like a much better player and looks like he's progressed quite a bit since the last time he was out there playing against the Kansas City Chiefs when He didn't look great, admittedly he didn't look great, but he gave the Titans an opportunity to be in that game and win it. Now, in this game against the Texans, I just want to go through every single play that I charted here, and I do want to remind you guys, my Tic Tac Tuesday film thread that shows you all the film clips, there's like 40 film clips from the game, is available on Twitter At Tic Tac Titans, or just go down in the description of this video or this podcast and click the Tic Tac Tuesday film thread link. You don't even have to have a Twitter, it'll take you there and you can go through the 40 plays and take a look at everything that I'm talking about here. But the first thing that I wanted to bring up for Malik was the very first play, and he threw the ball down the sideline and it was not complete. It was an incompletion, and he actually got flagged on the play for intentional grounding. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. You never see intentional grounding called for a miscommunication between wide receiver and quarterback. Now, on that play, it was an option route for Nick Westbrook-Akina on the sideline. If the cornerback was on top of him, he would slide down for a curl route to the sideline. If the cornerback was on his hip, he would ride up the sideline and go for a go route. I thought, based on the coverage, it would make sense to take the shot down the sideline The defense was also called for offsides on the play. So it makes sense that Malik was looking for the shot play. But Nick Westbrook-Akina read the defense differently. He sat down on the curl and it was an incomplete pass and ultimately a flag. But that's a miscommunication based on reading the coverage that I don't really think Malik was at fault for in that situation. So either way, also silly penalty there from the rest. It doesn't even make sense. The second play that I want to talk about was an RPO, and I mean a true RPO, not a read option that people confuse as an RPO. It was truly a hand it off to Derrick Henry or pull it back and make a throw. And what happened was Malik Willis was reading the slot cornerback. If the slot cornerback came up to defend the run against Derrick Henry, then Malik Willis was going to pull the ball and throw a quick in route to Chris Conley right where the slot cornerback used to be. And that is exactly... What Malik did, I would like to see the timing improve and get quicker for Malik, but he made the correct read and he made an accurate throw and got proper yards on the play. So that is a a big step for a rookie quarterback that needed a ton, a ton of development work coming in. That is progress for Malik Willis. Outside of that, it's third and three. Malik Willis gets the ball and shotgun. He reads the defense. They're in a zone coverage. He has the option of going to the running back in the flat Or hitting the sit-down route to Austin Hooper. Well, the running back goes out to the flat. The zone defender goes with the running back to the flat, which opens up a little bit of a crease for Austin Hooper. Malik Willis drives it in, first down Titans, and the blitz was in his face. Malik had to take a step back and then throw it because the blitz was right in his face. So these are these are progress plays for Malik Willis. Yeah, they seem routine, but he needed help with making the routine play. So Continuing forward, play number four for Malik, a misplay action fake to Derrick Henry, but at the end of the day, it didn't matter all that much. Now, you look downfield, there is no one open. There's no one open on the play. What does Malik do? He keeps his eyes downfield, slides up in the pocket, looks downfield. The linebacker starts to come at him, and then he makes his break, jukes him out, gets upfield for a good game, slides as well to protect himself. To protect himself, all things that Mike Vrabel talked about. In his press conference, as progress for Malik Willis. I'm not telling you that Malik Willis is ready to be a starter. He's going to be a star QB, all this. I'm just saying he's making progress from his previous starts earlier in the year. Now, play five was a blown up screen. It was a fake screen to Henry one way, or a fake screen to Chig one way, screen to Henry back the other way. Dylan raiden has got a holding on the play, but it was a completely blown up screen. So I'm not going to blame Malik for a play that had no chance to work from the start if you look at it on tape. Play number six. Easy high low read. Chigaconquo is in the backfield next to Malik Willis, and there's one guy on the right hand side on the line of scrimmage. I think it's Racy McMath. Racy McMath runs a flag route, which pulls the cornerback back up. Chigaconquo slides into the flat. It's open. Malik hits him. Easy game. Simple plays that Malik Willis needs to complete for his confidence, and he was out there doing it again. I'm not telling you he's all world elite. I'm just saying he's making progress from his previous starts. And then the final play. The pass was tipped, and it resulted in a punt. But you can see Malik in the pocket. One, two, three, got to throw it. And he throws it to the right guy, but the pass is tipped at the line of scrimmage. Blame Malik, blame the O-line, whatever you want to do there. Either way, what I'm concerned about is Malik Willis properly went through his progressions, saw the open man, and delivered the ball on time. That's what I'm worried about. So that was all progress from Malik Willis. Now, going against Houston this weekend, it's not a game that should ask a ton of Malik. Again, we know the Titans should be able to run the ball against the Texans. In the last start against the Texans, the Titans won 17-10. to 10. Malik did have an interception, but he was 6-10 for 10 with 55 yards, was able to run for 12 yards as well. Look, it wasn't a pretty game, but I expect Malik to play better. And if Malik Willis plays better than what he played against Houston the first time, and the Titans still won, I think there's no reason to doubt that the Titans can get a win this weekend, would I feel more confident if Ryan Tannehill was playing? Absolutely, but I'm still very confident the Titans can find a way to win against the Texans with Malik at quarterback based on the progress we saw against the Chargers. So, wanted to break that down for you guys now. We're going to dive into the offense as a whole because there is a lot to discuss and a lot of mistakes made by a lot of people. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by the ultimate. Football GM app. Guys, I love this thing. I downloaded it a couple of weeks ago. It's everything that you could ever dream about if you wanted to become an NFL GM and manage your football franchise. You hire the coaches, hire the coordinators, hire the training staff. Titans fans will like to hear that. Set ticket prices, set merchandise prices. You control your roster from top down. Contracts, cuts, resigns. Uh, trades, the draft. I mean, literally every aspect of football is available. It's a challenging game. It's a realistic game. The ultimate football GM is completely free and it's playable offline. Play as you go, as you want, when you want. I have really enjoyed it. Like I said, and right now I'm doing a competition with the other hosts of the Locked On NFL shows. Just to you know, see how they stack up against your boy as a GM. You guys should do the same thing with your group of friends. Locked on Titans listeners get a one hundred percent free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game store. That's LOCKED ON in all caps. So make sure that you check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football GM, start your dynasty today. Also, do want to tell you guys about Audible. Audible has a brand new lineup of podcasts that we think you guys are going to absolutely enjoy. Like, for example, The League. The League is narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and rising star Taylor Rooks. The League is an eight-part docu-series about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. Head to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of The League or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts available now. Audible, get in the game. Titans fans, we are going to continue today's show breaking down the tape. What did the film say about the Titans' loss to the Chargers? We just broke down Malik Willis's performance. Now I want to dive into the offense as a whole because, of course, Malik only played for a couple of series out there, a couple of plays out there. So let's dive into what happened with the offense in total. Before we get into that, do want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every single day. Remember, Monday through Friday. Tennessee Titans content for free on all platforms all year round. Locked on Titans. It's your team every day. Getting into the offense. Remember the Tic Tac Tuesday film thread with all the film clips. Everything you guys want to see. The description is down in the or the link is down in the description right now. It's free. Just click on it. Scroll through the plays. Check out the film clips. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about here. But the number one thing I want to talk about is pass protection, first and foremost. And, yeah, it's no surprise to anybody when we talked on Sunday after the game. Dennis Daly was awful. But Aaron Brewer, also awful in pass protection. A good day in run blocking, no doubt for Aaron Brewer. But in pass protection, it's just too poor to be out on the field. And not only that, but Nick, Nicholas Petit Ferrer, let's just say right now, While NPF is not the highest person on the blame list on the offensive line, asking a rookie tackle who was a third rounder to consistently win one-on-one every week because you got to help the other side so much, it's tough for a rookie to do. You guys remember when Jack Conklin made All-Pro his rookie year, the Titans chipped and helped him so much to boost his performance. They aren't doing that at all with Nicholas Petit-Ferrer because they can't afford to. They simply can't afford to every play. Every play. Now, the problem is, when the pass protection issues are there the entire time, they create other problems. They create a domino effect. Number one, if you want decent pass protection, you're going to have to leave two guys in the chip because you're going to need to help NPF and you're going to need to help Dennis Daly. So when you leave two guys in to chip, what are those guys not doing? Running a route. So a lot of the time, the Titans are chipping on both sides with the tight end and a running back or a wide receiver and a running back. And then there's only three guys out in the route. The defense has six or seven guys playing zone coverage or coverage. Who is going to be open? Not only do you only have three guys out in the route, But those three guys out in the route are probably Austin Hooper, Nick Westbrook-Akina, and Robert Woods. Who is getting separation three against seven? Okay? Nobody is. Nobody is. Not on this team. Not with Burks out. So, the Titans' issues compound on top of each other is basically what happens with the pass protection, how the Titans have to chip, and how that affects the routes. And then, not only that, but the play calling. So, Hooks and flats is what I call it. Hooks and flats. The Titans run three wide receivers out, two on the outside, one in the slot, or a tight end, just slightly detached from the line of scrimmage. They all go about 15 yards, and then they curl back. And then the two people who chip just go to the flats after they chip. Hooks and flats. Todd Downing runs that goddamn play every single week on third and long. And... You guys watch the the game on TV. Why do you think Ryan Tannehill forces in passes to these guys? that get tipped up in the air or get intercepted because we're running hooks and curls or hooks and flats nonstop. There's no threat of speed to go deep. There's no threat of a route to go deep. The other team knows that the Titans are going to run hooks and flats. So they drive hard down on the ball and down on the throw. Tannehill can throw it as hard as he wants. There's no room to throw it. And Tannehill has two choices. Either try to hammer in the ball in a tight window that's risky or take a sack. Those are his only options with the rudimentary route combinations that are being called for him on third and long. So, I say all of that to say pass protection bad, play calling bad, receivers bad. However, like I said, there is blame to go around, and that's where we get into my, I guess, I want to say as fair as I could possibly be, critique of the Titans' two best players on offense. Number one, Ryan Tannehill missed a couple of throws in this game that are unacceptable. People were open, he had enough time to throw the ball. I know I've been trying to drive this point home online all day. The O-line can be terrible. The wide receivers can be bad. The play calling can be bad. And we can still fairly criticize Ryan Tannehill, who missed some throws. We were all mad about those third and two, third and two in the second half. There were two third and twos in the second half. On at least one of those, Tannehill had a wide open guy and just missed it. Just misread the field. Tannehill's mistakes are usually he just misread the field. He didn't read the defense properly. And we talk about Tannehill's struggles. He is not an anticipatory quarterback. He has to see a guy wide open to throw it. He doesn't anticipate someone's going to be open. There was a drag route to Nick Westbrook-Akenoff play action that was wide open. And all Tannehill had to do was see the way the defense was playing. There was a flat cornerback who was coming up on a flat route. There was a deep guy who was going back with Racy McMath. It was on the interception. There was a deep guy going back with Racy McMath. Daylon Waters, I'm sorry, but you are the dumbest person in the chat right now. Every comment that you have made is inaccurate, wrong, off base. Like Jimmy G will be with the Titans next year. Dude, you should watch the show as long as you possibly can because you need educated. You need basic football knowledge is what you need. Um, And Arorio Carter, I'm not religious, so goddamn is not cursing to me. I'm not a religious guy, so it means nothing to me. Uh, But moving forward, the point is everyone else can play bad, but that doesn't mean that we ignore when Tannehill plays poorly too. And I don't think Tannehill played poorly overall, but I watch Pat Mahomes. I watch Joe Burrow. I watch Justin Herbert. I watch Josh Allen. I I watch these QBs every week not only make the easy plays and make the plays they should make, but go above and beyond and make plays that they should never play. Joe Burrow made it to the Super Bowl last year with the worst offensive line ever. Pat Mahomes, right now, the two offensive tackles for the Chiefs, both their offensive tackles have as many pressures allowed as Dennis Daly. Pat Mahomes' offensive line isn't awesome. Joe Burrow's offensive line was the worst in the NFL maybe ever last year. So, again, the O-line, the play calling, the receivers, all bad. I agree. But that doesn't mean that you don't criticize Tannehill when he makes mistakes as well. And when I see other quarterbacks with just as bad of offensive line play finding a way to make plays, at some point, we have to blame Tannehill too. And listen, I'm going to tell you guys straight up, Derrick Henry has regressed. Now, the offensive line, poor. Play calling poor. Again, all the same things with Tannehill. But that does not mean that Derrick Henry hasn't regressed. He has been tackled by arm tackles at the line of scrimmage. He has been taken down by defensive backs in one-on-one situations. He has missed so many holes. Missed so many holes this year. So, Derrick Henry, still a very good running back. Still a very good player. But he has regressed. From his prime. He is not as good as he was two years ago. He's simply not. And I know that some sometimes that makes you guys so mad when I criticize the star players because you think that means I'm blaming them instead of blaming all the other problems. I'm not saying Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill are the number one issue with the offense. They are far and away not. The O-line, the play calling, the receivers, a, a much bigger problem that needs to be solved. But that doesn't mean that Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry play their best every single week and still lose. They did not play their best this season. They have not. Okay? It's just the truth. It can be fair. It can be multiple things at once. It's not just the O-line or just the play caller or just the wide receivers. It's everything. And when you block up a play and when your receivers get open and when the offensive coordinator calls the proper route combination and Tannehill just misses the read and makes a bad throw and throws a pick, that's on Tannehill. That's on Tannehill. So, oh, there goes the AirPod. So the aggression has made me lose one of my headphones. I think that'll do enough for me. And Titan Fox, disagree on Henry. Can't see those holes. Okay, you watch every snap on TV. Go watch the film. Go watch the All-22 from the end zone that I have posted for you down in the comments. I am spoon-feeding you guys film for free. If you want to disagree with me because you're uninformed, go ahead. But until you watch the film, and point out to me where he didn't miss the hole on obvious plays when he did, then you don't have anything to say. Prove it. Show the film. Post the clip. Because I have. I'm sick of people telling me that Tannehill and and Derrick Henry are blameless. They aren't blameless. They aren't the most to blame, but they are not blameless. That's all I got to say about that. But before we move forward, do want to let you guys know That today's episode is brought to you by Total Wine & More. This holiday, find what you love at Total Wine & More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from their friendly guide. And all of that with the confidence of knowing that you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine & More. Curbside pickup and delivery are available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Titans fans, we are gonna cap off today's rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We talked about Malik Willis. I ranted and raved about all the problems with the offense. Now I want to get into the defense. Before I do, I want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day, free Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content on all platforms all year long. And listen, I get a little carried away with uh with the, uh, the chat sometimes on Rewatch Wednesday because I watch film all for like 9, 10 hours. I break down the film and then I have people jump in the comments and, and tell me that based on watching the TV copy, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's big cap. The King ain't got no O-line. Okay, well, I'm looking at this right here and the Titans are in the top 12 in the NFL in run blocking grade. They're a top 12 run blocking team. So, the Titans are a terrible pass protection offensive line. They're a good run blocking team. And I have over 10 examples for you. Double digit examples this year of Derrick Henry missing holes. So, I know it hurts our souls to hear it. And it doesn't mean that he's bad. But we just have to accept the realities. Man, we got to come to terms with the realities here. So, anyways, moving into the defense. Coverage rolls. The Titans defense was able to confuse Justin Herbert consistently. It was awesome to watch. So going through a couple of things. Coverage rolls. What does that mean? The Titans would show a two-high safety look. They would roll one safety down to linebacker depth, take the other safety up to a single high look, and run cover three. Run cover one man. They would do... A roll the safety into single high and then run cover two invert back to a two high safety coverage. So that stuff was awesome. They did it from one high as well a single high safety, a deep free safety, post safety look. And what they would do is they would invert and have the slot cornerback or the outside cornerback come back to play the deep half in cover two. I mean, they ran cover three, cover one man, cover one man lurk, cover one man hole, cover two invert. Cover three, cloud, which the Titans don't run a ton, but I love cover three, cloud as a coverage. Cover four, palms. They did every kind of coverage that they run in the playbook out of single high safety looks and two high safety looks, and they rolled the safeties back and forth all day long. It was awesome. Now, got to give credit to the Chargers. Like the Bengals, they started to attack that coverage roll. So they would see a safety roll towards a certain area, Roll down, let's say it's a too high safety look, a safety rolls down into the box. Well, the Chargers know it's either going to be cover one or it's going to be cover three. Either way, that means the outside cornerback is responsible for a deep part of the field, which means that the flat and the sidelines on that side is going to be vulnerable. So, with that in mind, they started doing, uh, good example, they do little tight end screens where the tight end would fake block and then pop out into the flat. They would have a a chip and release into the flat. What they were trying to do was get the Titans in their cover three or cover one defense and then attack the flat on the side opposite of the safety role. I mean, it was really smart. It was a really smart plan. Also have to mention, the Titans played nickel defense all day long. They didn't care. The Chargers could go in two tight end. The Chargers could go in any formation or personnel group that they want. But the Titans were staying in nickel. And they tried to have John Reed again. Who is John Reed? Who is John Reed? This guy plays for the Titans? I am as tapped into this team as you could possibly be. Who is John Reed? Someone tell me. Anyways, all jokes aside, John Reed started at slot cornerback for the Titans and it took like two drives before they said, okay, okay, never mind. We're going with Josh Kalu. We're going to do the safety as a slot cornerback thing. We got to get out of here. We can't keep doing this. So, yeah. What? What? Who is John Reed? I don't know. Created players the Titans are using now. It's like in Madden when you just add some, like, people who are just created players to fill out the roster because you have injuries off and you know you won't need them. That's, That's a great question. Who is John Reed, man? You don't know John Reed? You know him personally, Jacob? Jacob's best friend is John Reed. All jokes aside here. When the Titans went in nickel, basically what they did was they put Josh Kalu as a safety at nickel cornerback and they ran 4-3 with Kalu as the other outside linebacker. If the Chargers came out in a twin set with two wide right receivers to one side, they'd kick Kalou out on the slot guy and have him just be slot corner. So basically they were always in a run defense ready set, but they were doing it with nickel personnel, which I thought was important. And they were running 4-3, with nickel personnel out of two high-safety looks. It was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, but anyway, other than all the coverage rolls and all the disguise coverages that got Justin Herbert, I do want to mention the Kevin Byard interception because the Titans show cover two. They have two high safeties. And then what happens from there is they roll it into cover three cloud. So a cornerback is playing low like he's going to play flat. And then right before the snap, he sinks backwards to take deep third. Kevin Byard looks like he's going to have deep half on right side of the field. But it slides into cover three cloud, which means Kevin Byard is the middle of the field defender. Justin Herbert doesn't notice that it went from cover two to cover three. He tries to hit Mike Williams over the middle of the field, which should be open against cover two. But Kevin Byard is right there in cover three Is the middle deep guy comes forward, makes the interception. Completely confused Justin Herbert. It was. I mean, this is the type of stuff that gets me going. Also want to mention, like I talked about in my game plan preview, the Titans crowded the line of scrimmage. Six guys on the line of scrimmage in passing situations to create one-on-ones with the guards. The Titans got pressure in this game that they haven't gotten in previous weeks. It was because of that. Something that I told the Titans they should do in the game. They ultimately did do that. And it turned out pretty well for them. So, one moment. Water break for everybody. Stay hydrated out there. Anyways, I know there's a lot of stuff to take in, but if you want to go through it at your own pace, the Tic Tac Tuesday film thread, the link is in the description. Right now, it's going to take you to my Twitter account, at Tic Tac Titans. You do not need a Twitter to scroll through the film and take a look. Siri, I'm trying to tell you about how to look at the film clips. So dumb. So dumb. But anyways, moving forward, click the link down in the description. Check out all the clips that I talked about on today's show. You're going to see live and live in color what I'm talking about. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's Christmas week. I'm so hyped, so excited, as most of you guys on YouTube can obviously tell. I'm going to be back with you guys tomorrow for crossover Thursday with the hosts of Locked on Texans. It's going to be a lot closer game than uh, I think we all hoped for or expected. But... The Titans are going to have to find a way to get off the schneid against the Texans. We're going to be breaking that down. Friday is my game plan Friday. And hey, I don't care if it's Christmas Eve. I'm going to be with you on YouTube live immediately after the game ends on Saturday. I will have a full 30-minute recap of the game up for you guys on Christmas morning to unwrap and enjoy. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. And Dalen, good show. Thank you. I'm sorry if I came at you a little hard, Dalen. My apologies. All in good fun. I hope you didn't take it that personal. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tighten up, everybody. That's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Tight.